I better get in the Word of God today. But I'm going to tell you next week, you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss this series because I'm going to preach straight out of the Bible. How many of you wants to know what the Bible says? Amen. I do too. Praise God. Well, if you will turn to Isaiah 58, uh, verses 1 through 14, I'm going to finish up the series on fasting. Everybody, I hope that God is speaking to you. I hope that you are in the presence of God. I hope you're drawing closer than you've ever been. And, uh, and, and being recharged, and we're going to talk about some of these rewards. Keep your eyes on the kingdom of God. Amen? Because that's the only kingdom that's going to last forever. Praise the Lord. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 1 through 14. And if you will stand for the reading of God's word. Uh, I, I, I preached it at length on this last week, and I'm going to pick back up where I left off. And, uh, but I'm going to read the whole passage. Cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet. And you can go, by the way, to YouTube, uh, version notes, and you can uh, put these on your, pull them up on your phone and download them and, and have them. It's a great tool. Okay. Tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching God. Why have we fasted, they say, Why? And, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you have taken no notice? You may be asking that this week. God, do you see? <laughs> Master, we're perishing. In fact, the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit all your labors that God is speaking here to them. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate and do strife with the fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. Is it a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast, an acceptable day to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I have chosen, God speaking here, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring into your house the poor who are cast out. When you see the naked, that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then your light shall, and this is where the rewards start. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You will cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst... The pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness. If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light will shine, will dawn, excuse me, in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually. This is where we're going to pick up today. And satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build the old places, waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. I love that. It's like God said, here's the 20 rewards for fasting and honoring me. And I've spoken. In other words, it's done. 
you can take it to the bank. Amen. How many know God's word is true? Always. Is it always true? Always. Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word. And now, God, I pray you would anoint me, God, to speak forth your word, not in word and tongue only, but also in power and in deed. Lord, I pray you anoint our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. And I pray let this seed fall in the good soil of our hearts and grow bear forth fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hold your Bibles up in whatever form you have. Those of you at home watching uh, from wherever you're watching on our, for our online campus, we welcome you. And we just ask you to just join us right now. Father, today, this week, by your grace, I'm going to be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Deceiving my own self. Now, Lord, anoint my ears. Anoint my heart. Anoint my spirit, my soul, my mind, and my body to receive the truth of your word. Christ's name I pray. Amen. If you're comfortable, high-five somebody. If not, air high-five them from a distance. Boy, if there's ever been a time to fast and pray, it is now. There's ever been a time to get in the prayer closet? It is now. There's ever been a time to understand what God is speaking to us? It is now. If there's ever been a time to go deeper in God and, and, and put our eyes more focused on Him and the things above and the kingdom of God, it is now. In verse 11, he picks up where we left off, and I'm going to hit the ninth reward, and we're going to finish them all today. They're, they're not all long. They're, some are short. It says, the Lord will guide you continually. Everybody say continually. How many of you know it's great to hear from God, to be led by direction today and tomorrow? But how many knows if you get in the, king, in, in the king's presence, King Jesus, in the presence of God, he will guide us continually? In other words, if we pray, God will lead us. I love that. Psalm 37, 23 says, The steps of a good man are what? Ordered by the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will what? Direct your paths. God will give directions for your life. I like to be, call it being led by the Spirit. There are some things that the Bible's not going to tell you. For example... I've been praying fervently this week. God, I'm not so much concerned about the building as I am the area and the place you want us. How many of you know God wants our church in a certain area? How many of you know he's already got that picked out? We just hadn't seen it yet. But we could see it tomorrow or the next day or this week. I don't know. I know this, when we find exactly where God is leading us to that area, he'll provide everything we need. How many of you believe that? I really believe that. Well, about five of you do. Okay, well, praise God. We're going to pray God build our faith through this fast. Amen. How many believe God has a perfect place, an area, and a perfect building, so to speak, for us? You believe that? Amen. Amen. Your destiny is not found by choices, or excuse me, your destiny is found by choices, not by chance. We just don't stumble into where God is leading us as an individual or as a church. There are steps we take. We stay in the presence of God. We stay seeking Him, and God will direct us. Wrong decisions can cause you years of heartache. Has anybody ever paid stupid taxes, Dave Ramsey says? Go raise it up. I want to see some shy. I hope I'm not the only one. Some of you need to put hands, feet, the whole deal. Amen. 
Marrying the wrong person can cause years of unnecessary pain and turmoil. One wrong business decision can take you back years. Never make permanent decisions in temporary circumstances. Here's an example of that. Take a look at the screen. I want you to see this picture. 50%, how many of you knows that you, you can sometimes make some stupid moves, make a permanent decision in a temporary circumstance? 50% of Domino's Pizza was once traded for a used Volkswagen Beetle. It might go down as the dumbest business decision in the history of mankind. We might not have traded a worldwide company like Domino's Pizza for a beat-up old used Volkswagen Beetle, but what kind of permanent decisions have we made in our life that were formed out of pressure from temporary circumstances? God says... When you fast and you pray and seek my face, he will guide us continually and spare us from all the booby traps of life and spare us from making the wrong decisions that will affect us for many years to come. Somebody say a good amen. amen. Number 10, he said, I'll satisfy your soul in drought. Everybody say dry places. The places that were exposed to the burning sun and they, and they dried up for lack of moisture. The, the, the idea here is, God is saying it's a physical thing, but it's also a spiritual thing. He's saying those areas of your life and your life that has become so dry, it has become so withered, it's cracked like, the, like, like, a, like an old riverbed. You see the cracks and it's so dry and it's so dusty. And it, Maybe there's areas of your life right now that look like the face of the moon and it just needs moisture. He said, if you'll fast and you'll pray, I will moisten and I will fill and I will satisfy every dry place in your life. Somebody shout amen. Are you dry in your spirit right now? God wants to fill you. Are you hungry? I, well, I shouldn't have probably said that in day seven of the fast. God will fill you. Are you thirsty? God will fill you. Are you dissatisfied in your spirit? God is ready to satisfy your soul. How many of this week fasting and praying, man, you have just felt God's presence saturate every fiber of your being? Can I get a witness? Am I the only one? And you just feel, wow, I didn't realize how dry. Maybe I wasn't dry, but it, it, it seems really dry now in comparison. You know, the, the, the Bible says in Ezekiel 37, he said he saw a valley of dry, dead bones. And God asked him, says, can these bones live? You know, first of all, when God asks you a question, he's not looking for information. Ezekiel says something very wise. He says, well, God, uh, I don't know. You only know. <laughs> Good answer. He says, prophesy to these dry bones that they'll rise up and live. So Ezekiel does. He obeys. He prophesies to dry bones. Guess what? He hears the rattling and the dry bones form together. Then he says, prophesy the breath of God into them that they will become living and a great army. And he does. And it's a miracle in Ezekiel 37. And it is a very clear illusion. Ezekiel 37, that valley of dry bones, most theologians and historians will tell you it is, it is the Holocaust. It is following the Holocaust, how God could take a dead nation, raise them up, and in 1940, that became a nation again. But it also speaks to us. Are you dry? Are you thirsty? I want to tell you, speak. 
prophesy, declare the word of God to your dryness and cause it to rise. Amen. Speak and declare the word of God and prophesy to your finances to increase, to your marriage to improve, to your health to get better, for your mind to think right, for your emotions to be whole. Man, I come to tell somebody, speak over your children and bless them in the name of Jesus. Bless everything in your life. Begin to prophesy. Prophesy over our church in Jesus' name and say, come to life in the name of the Lord. Well, only God can take dry places and make it come to life. The 11th reward of fasting and praying is, and he said, and strengthen your bones. That means renew your strength. Look, life can wear us down. Matthew 11, 28 through 30, he says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy relating, and I will give you what? Rest. A little later, he says, take my yoke for it's easy and my burden for it's light. Man, this life can beat you down. It can wear you out. You can get tired doing the right thing sometimes. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. So Christ may power may rest on me. Do you know what weariness is? It is losing the pleasure in doing wealth, doing the right things. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. This is a rhetorical question. But how many of you at the end of the year and before this fast lost the pleasure in doing the right things? God said, I will restore to you the joy of ministry. I'll restore to you and put pleasure back in you coming here early to set up the church. And, and, and all the things that go into ministry and the things of God. I will restore to you the joy of doing things that God wants us to do. It won't be no, no, a, a thing anymore where it's drudgery and, well, I do it just because. Look, with the kingdom of God, it's not I have to, it's I get to and I want to. I don't serve God because I fear the consequences. I serve and live for God and fast and pray because I love Him dearly and because He died for me. And I want to. I mean, there's... I, I don't... I don't... I don't serve my wife because I have to. I do it because I love her dearly and I want to and it brings me happiness. Even if she is spoiled rotten. I'll pay for that one later. Somebody help me. Pete, get up here. I need a bodyguard. Galatians 6, 9. Maybe she slipped out. Praise God. Oh, she's right there. <laughs> Oh, where was I at? I don't have the foggiest idea. Lost my composure. Galatians 6, 9. So we must not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we do not give up. We do not give up. We do not give in. We do not give up on the dreams and the visions that God has given us. We don't give up on what he's told us. We don't give up on serving him. We don't give up on believing him or his word. We don't give up on our faith. God, listen, when you're fast, I felt it all week long and I feel it strong now. God has renewed my faith. He's renewed my strength. He's put pleasure back in doing right things and doing things for the well-being. Somebody say amen. Glory to God. It ought to be fun to serve God. 
Sometimes you can do all the right things and lose strength. That's what fasting and praying does. It puts that strength back in you. Bill Cower, former uh, head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, coached 11 years, eight division titles, went to the playoffs every year, won a Super Bowl. At 49 years old, he retired and asked him why. In the prime of everything going well, he said, I'm tired. And he's never been back. He, he announces on TV now. Are you tired today? Are you tired of fighting the battle over your children and grandchildren? Are you tired of fighting the battle over your health? Over your finances? Are you tired of doing the right things and it seems like there's never any good results? Listen, if that describes you, I, I ask, I plead with you. This is God speaking. He is pleading, fast and pray and God will put that strength back inside of you. Somebody say amen. God wants to put the strength back in you to fight again. God wants to put courage back in. God wants us to press ahead. Look, the kingdom of God is not drudgery and, and oh, I got to, man, it should be fun. He said, also in the same verse, number 12, this is the 12th reward. You shall be like a watered garden, and this speaks of happiness and joy. In the Middle Eastern world, when they would find a little oasis or a garden or a stream, it would bring joy. I've been to Israel in May when everything is totally brown. And I'm telling you, when you see a little oasis or a little stream or a little green, anything, it just, it just does your heart so much good. It brings a smile to your face. I want to tell you, during this fast, Nehemiah 8 and 10 says that the joy of the Lord will be our strength. Woo, I love that. Did you know you can have joy in the midst of turmoil? You can have joy when it seems like nothing's going right. You can have joy when there's chaos in our nation. You can have joy in the midst of a pandemic. You can have joy when the car breaks down. Listen, our joy is not based on circumstance. It is based on our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Woo! God will make you like an oasis. In this tough, doggy, doggy world, you will be a fresh-watered garden. You'll have joy at work. You'll have joy at home. Did you know everybody else can walk around in the mully grubs at work, and they'll look at you like, what's wrong with you? As you got a joy on your, uh, smile on your face, joy in your heart. You say, bless God. It's a good day to be serving the Lord. Number 13. And like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. I love this. It doesn't lie or deceive. God will never lie or deceive you. The waters or springs lie or deceive when they get dried up and they fail. And the shepherds show up and they thought there was something there and it wasn't. It's like a mirage on a road. They deceive them. But I want to tell you, there are no deceptions with God. There are no deceptions with His promises. He said, you and your household will be saved. Start proclaiming it. He said, you are and were healed by His stripes. Start proclaiming it. Somebody say amen. Like the Charlie Brown deal with Lucy. You know, she always pulled the football back. I was reminded as I was studying this, I, was, I remember I was five. Me and my brother would go out in the front yard play football. Of course, he was eight years older, so he was about 13. If you're watching, bro, I got you. <laughs> well, he knew how to just get me. I'd be, you know, of course, he, he would never hurt me, but he'd, he'd get me so mad. He'd, I'd say, that's it. I'm running you over. Man, I had my little helmet on. 
He said, you can't run me over. Well, you know, man, I mean, I was like tore a bull, man. I mean, smoke coming out of my nostrils. I'm running you over. No, you can't run me over. He's standing in front of a big pine tree in my front yard. I said, I'm coming. He said, oh, you can't do it. You can't do it, man. I was head down. I'm just running as fast as I can and ran my head right in that pine tree. Oh, and he's laughing. I was deceived. Our rooms were right across the hall. There was one little hall. So you, you, in my room, and then this was after my sister left, and there was a little hallway, and then his room, and he had his bed right there. So when it was raining, we'd play a little game. I don't know. I was probably eight or nine. And you'd, you'd take the football, and you'd run, and you know, if you could get past him on the bed to the other side, you'd get a touchdown. Well, then he'd go, and we'd back and forth. Well, he'd just egg me on, and he'd get me steaming mad. You, you'll never score on me. Well... I'm going to score. You'll never score. I'm going to score. You'll never score. Well, man, here he go, bring it on, bring it on. And I'm running as fast as I can. I mean, steam coming out of my ears. And I jumped, and when I did, he went, eh, and he just went like that. And I went flewing over to bed, into his closet, ripped the whole closet down. There's hangers on my ears. The whole, I mean, the whole thing, felt, the whole pile of, I got hangers all jabbing me in my side, and I'm going, oh, oh, and my brother's kind of laughing, and then he would realize we're about to get in big trouble with mom. Mom, if you're watching, this is the kind of stuff Virgil did to me when you weren't home. <laughs> and you go down there, and you go, oh, 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 it hurts me too, it hurts me. Don't tell mom. <laughs> I go, oh. Oh, man, I was hurting. I mean, I knocked the whole rod down. I mean, every, I broke the closet. But I scored. Amen. I swear. And he'd sit there and he'd go, ooh, ooh, it hurts me too. It hurts me too. Don't tell mom. Don't tell mom. You know what? You won't go for something with God and be disappointed. God will do what he said he would do. Look what Romans 10, 11 says. I love this. For the scripture says, whoever believes, whoever puts their trust in him will not be what? Is anybody comforted by that? He goes on in verse 12 and he begins to unpack other rewards for fasting and praying. Number 14, those from among you shall build the old waste places. He'll rebuild you. The language here is taken in the condition of Judea when Babylon took over. They just made it a wasteland. Your wastelands will be destroyed, but they'll become habitable again. Are there any wastelands in your life? Does your marriage feel like a wasteland? Men, do not answer this question. One guy told me as I was talking to him at the end of his driveway, his wife started pulling in with a car, and he goes, well, there comes the war department. I said, whoa, buddy, sounds like you got a great marriage. Are your finances a wasteland? Is your health a wasteland? Are there areas of your life that feel like they're a wasteland? Because I want to tell you, God will rebuild the things that are broken in your life. Those things that you look at in your life and you say, well, that's just dead. That's done. There's no hope for it. God says, you start fasting and praying and put his kingdom first. God says, I'll get in there and I'll fix what's broken. God wants to rebuild your hope, folks. 
I don't know who I'm talking to. There's somebody in here. You have given up hope in a certain situation of your life. And God says, if you'll seek my face, put my kingdom first, I will restore your hope. I'll restore your child. I'll bring your children back from the wayward way. And I'll bring them back home. I will cause them to come back to their senses. Man, I'm preaching to somebody. I will cause them to come back to their senses. They come running home. Man, I'm preaching to somebody. I want to tell you, God says, I'll fix and heal and restore and repair every broken place of your life. He wants to rebuild your faith. He wants to rebuild your emotions, which are fragile, and your mind. I don't know who that was for. God wants to rebuild your relationships. Wastelands are those things that were destroyed in your life. Maybe abuse as a child or abuse as an adult. Maybe it was uh, disappointments, some kind of major disappointment. Fired unjustly from a job, a spouse left you, whatever it might be. God says, I will and can heal and restore that. The story is told of the baptism of King Angus, believe it or not, by St. Patrick in the 5th century. While they're standing there, St. Patrick had a sharp tip to his his staff, if you will, and, uh, uh, and he inadvertently uh, put the sharp point on the king's foot without realizing it. So when the baptism was done, he, he looked down and he saw the blood everywhere and he said, oh my goodness, he realized his staff poked a hole through his foot. Man, the king's bleeding everywhere. He apologized him profusely. He could be killed over it. He said, why did you suffer all this in silence? The king said, I just thought it was all part of the ritual. You know what's sad about that? Oh, get ready. I think far too often we accept things in life and from the enemy that we don't have to. I think far too all, we just think it's part of the ritual, but I'm here to proclaim to you, it is not just part of the ritual. Just as the king didn't have to take the spear through his foot, we don't have to take some of the garbage from the devil. In Jesus' name, I'm telling you, we need some folks to stand up in their homes, stand up in their places where they live, and their vehicles, and say, in the name of Jesus, every wicked spirit, every evil spirit, start calling them out. In the name of Jesus, you got to leave this house, because there's only one spirit welcome here, and that's the Holy Spirit. And this is Jesus Christ abode. And I declare, and I prophesy, and I command you, wicked spirit, you'll leave my child, you'll leave my job, you'll leave my child. Church, you'll leave my home, you'll hit the road, and don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. Hey, I come to preach to somebody. It's time we rise up, church, and we proclaim the word of God, and we declare in the name of Jesus. Woo! Telling you we're taking it too long and too much. That devil can't win. It's not just part of the ceremony of life. God will heal the broken places. The 15th reward. He said, you shall raise up the foundations of many generations. What is a foundation? The foundation of a building that is on which a building rests. The foundation is the blessing of God. 
the word of God, the grace of God. I'm going to talk about blessings for just a second. Your children and grandchildren will be blessed by God. I want to call it a generational blessing. Let me show you two examples of this. I want you to hear this. I want you to see this closely. Genesis 24 and 60. Will you pull that up on the overhead for me? And they blessed Rebekah when she agreed to go. If you're in the Bible reading, that was actually today's Bible reading. And they blessed Rebekah and said to her, Our sister... May you increase to thousands upon thousands. May your offspring possess the cities of their enemies. Leave this up for just a minute. In one translation, it says the gates of their enemies. Let me ask you something. Did this come true that she became, her offspring was thousands upon thousands? Of course. Because her and Isaac birthed Jacob, who birthed the leaders of Israel, and on and on. And I'm going to tie this in at the end, so stick with me. But it also says, may your offspring possess the cities or the gates of their enemies. Did you know that a prophecy back in Genesis before Moses was ever thought of is still in effect today? Did you know that Israel still possesses the gates of their enemies? Is it Israel that constantly tries to go take land from Iran and Egypt and everywhere else? No. Her enemies constantly want what Israel has. That prophecy, that blessing over her and her family is still in effect today. There's power and blessing, folks. Ruth chapter 4, watch this, verse 11 and 12. All the people who are in the court and the elders said, we are witnesses. May the Lord, get ready, ever say blessing. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, both of whom built the house of Israel, may you achieve wealth in Ephratah and become famous in Bethlehem. Little did they know four generations later, King David would be born in Bethlehem. Little did they know a thousand years later, oh, a great king that's never been defeated. The king of kings and the Lord of lords famously would be born in a little town called Bethlehem. Man, I've come to preach to somebody and tell you, and her ancestors, all the ones that went after her, rather the future generations, did exactly what this blessing did. I want to tell you something, folks. It's time to start blessing our children. It's time to bless our grandchildren. It's time to bless our families. It's time to start blessing the people around us and quit cursing them. Don't say that you'll never be amount to anything. Don't say be like so-and-so or like a brother or sister or another family member. No, we got to bless them. How about speak life to them and say you will achieve. You can do it. You are smart enough. Oh, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Speak the word over them. You're blessed in the city and the country. You're blessed coming and you're blessed going. You're blessed. Uh, you're, you're the head and not the tail. You're above only and not beneath. Everything you set your hands to shall prosper. Bless your home. Bless your automobile. Why would you want to curse your automobile? Don't look at your car and say that D-A-M-N car. Of course it's going to keep breaking down. How about you lay your hands on it and say, Oh, I bless this car. This car is going to last me for many, many years. Oh, I bless the altar in Jesus' name. I bless the transmission. I bless this car. It's going to get me from A to B. In the summer, the air is going to be cold. In the winter, the heat's going to be hot. Man, I'm telling you, you man, we got to bless our vehicles. When's the last time you went around blessed your home? Anointed the doors. 
Anoint them doors. Anoint the doorways to where your children sleep. So when they sleep on that bed, God wrecks them in the middle of the night. Man, I'm preaching something. We got to bless it. Somebody say bless it. Number 16, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach. Not much longer now. Repair of broken things. He will repair the broken things of our life. Look what Proverbs 24, 16 says. For a righteous man falls seven times. You know what that means? That means we're going to fall sometimes. But he rises again. But the wicked stumble in the time of calamity. God specializes in turning our messes into blessings. How many know what I'm talking about? Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty back together again. But God can. But Jesus can. Amen. He said another reward is the 17th, the restorer of streets to dwell in. I love this. He'll restore us. In other words, he will, watch this, build a wall so high the enemy cannot penetrate it. Oh, I love it. Those broken places where the enemy used to be able to come in and take whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted, your peace, your joy, whatever it might be, would now be rebuilt. Psalm 91.10. No evil shall befall you, nor any plague come near your dwelling. God says, when you put my kingdom first, when you seek me and you fast and pray and go after me, I'll put a wall around you that the, penetra- the enemy can't penetrate. He can't go over. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I like it. I just want to stick in the window and say, nanny, nanny, boo, boo. <laughs> stick your head in doo-doo, devil, because you can't get me when I am where I need to be in the kingdom of God. Do we still believe the word? Verse 13, he says, man, you got to honor the Sabbath. Don't violate it. Call it light. Call it holy to the Lord. Call it honorable. He says, when you do that and you fast and pray, verse 14, we're closing with this. He says, here's the 18th reward. Again, it won't be much longer. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. Watch this. You will have joy in your relationship with God again. When's the last time you went to the prayer closet? Not because it was the dutiful thing of the day to do. Or you had a list as long as your arm of request. But because you just wanted to be in his presence. Psalm 37, forces delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Look, serving God should be a delightful and a pleasurable thing. I keep feeling this in my spirit, pleasure. Psalm 122, 1, David wrote, he said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Can I just be honest? I think this past year there's been way too many Christians that were glad when they say unto me, we're shut down because of COVID again. When was the last time Don't raise your hand. When was the last time? Don't answer this. Just within yourself. When was the last time? Listen, you got up on a Sunday morning, and as soon as your feet hit the ground, you said, I get to go to the house of God today. I get to be with my brothers and sisters. Give me room. I'm going to start shouting now. I get to go to God's house. I get to hear his word. I get to worship him. I get to get in his presence. Woo! 
Or has Sunday mornings become more like this? Get out of bed. Get up. If there's gas in the car. Tired at 3 o'clock. All the way out in Harrison. It's going to be a great day in church today. If you're new here, we keep it real, amen? Number 19, he said, I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth. That means you're more than a conqueror, an overcomer. He's made us to be eagles to fly over this stuff. And the last one, number 20, he'll feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. I want you to zero in for the next one to two minutes very closely. The, that, that means the heritage of Jacob. This, may, this is an incredible promise. And feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. The promises of Abraham are ours. What does that mean? Watch this. Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Look behind me and you'll see him on close. Now the Lord has said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in, all, in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So that's a great blessing for Abraham. What does that got to do with us, pastor? Let's go to the New Testament and I'll show you. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, in order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham that we just read might come to the Gentiles, us, so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. It gets better. Galatians 3.29. And if you belong to Christ, then are you Abraham's descendants and heirs according to the promise. Woo! And then God finished this little section and he said, For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. In other words, I, you can take what I said to the bank. It's done. I got a question for you. I, I hit a lot today. What stood out to you? Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? And I'd like for you to ask the Holy Spirit. Just, just, just ask God. Just say, what, what are you speaking to me through this message today, God? What are you speaking to me through this? speaking to me do you need hope restored do you need a decade long hurt healed do you need a marriage fixed do you need children to come home are you in a dry place the answer is to seek God fast and pray put your eyes on the kingdom of God he will Fulfill and satisfy every one of these promises. Thus says the Lord, your fasting is not in vain. Think not why are we fasting. Why am I seeking? I see no results. Thus says the Lord, you shall see. You shall see. You shall see. You shall see. I'd like for you just to hold your hands out. Everyone look at me. Just hold your hands out like this. 
Now that you got your hands out like this, if you want to receive from God, now just close your eyes. Forget anybody else is around. No distractions. I want you to just say, Lord, just your own way, your own prayer. God, I receive all 20 of these rewards by faith. They're your promises written in your word if we fast and pray. Restore us, strengthen us, guide us continually. I receive healing, God. I receive my family being saved. I receive our health being restored. 